Hello and welcome to Life of the School, episode 116. Hello, my name is Aaron Matthew, and I'm a biology teacher from Massachusetts, and each episode of Life of the School, I sit down with a panel of life science teachers, and we talk about what's going on in our classrooms and issues facing us and our students as this year of 2020-2021 continues to roll on. So, uh, to introduce ourselves with a goofy question this week, we're going to ask the question, uh, do you have a favorite PD icebreaker? And joining us from Missouri is Ryan Laxon. Welcome, Ryan. At my school, we don't really do icebreakers because we're so small and everyone knows everyone. Um, but I mean, I've I've done them at when I was at larger districts. I I don't necessarily mind them, um, but the way that most of them are carried out, I think they end up being a waste of time. You know, in, instead of actually getting to know people, we just wait for our turn to speak and then we don't really listen. <laughs> so. Um, it ends up just being e- either that waste of time or you, you say something that's an inside joke to you and a bunch of your friends. So it ends up not being an icebreaker because no one else gets it. <laughs> so I, I don't, I, I don't have a favorite one per se. I, I don't have a problem with them. I, I just don't think that they're carried out well. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Lots in there. <laughs> All right. And uh, joining us from Texas, Lee Ferguson. Hello. How, what are your thoughts on icebreakers? I hate them. I hate them <laughs> with a mad, fiery passion. I really do. Like, I don't even do them in my workshops <laughs> because I hate them so much. Um, you know, for, you know, because number one, I'm introverted by nature. Um, like people who know me very, very well know that I am just one of the biggest introverts out there. Um, but I'm also a pragmatist and if I'm there to learn, I want to get there, learn my stuff and leave, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, you know, a PD for me is a means to an end. And so I don't want all the fluff that sometimes comes with them. Um, I'm also not a real big fan of like the touchy feely parts of PD either sometimes, cause y'all know how that goes. Right. And, and that usually ends up being some of the icebreakers <laughs> and, and to me, oh, so many icebreakers are just super contrived and they feel very forced. And so you don't even really get to know anybody because you don't know if they're saying something that's genuine. And so it's just like, okay, this is a waste of my time. Like I, I roll my eyes every time we get told, okay, well now we're going to do this. And I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> why why <laughs> yeah all right i was curious I, as one of the people who runs you know we're, we're a group who run a lot of pd so I, I was curious to hear what you had to say about it but not too surprised uh and i've been in workshops with you uh, so i'm just not that surprised <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, no. <laughs> all right and joining us from arizona tanea hibbler welcome tanea hey well um what are your thoughts on icebreakers I think that I, I don't like them. I said they're evil in the notes. <laughs> However, when I when when I worked at um, Wales International School in Thailand, we did these really like we we did these really cool icebreakers. Like we did an amazing race around Bangkok, like around the city, and we had to get on the train and you know jump in taxis and run around the city and get all these clues and that was like I, I had I remember I had to jump in a swimming pool to get like quarters at the bottom of a swimming pool like that was fun 
like we got to know people at that event and um it was very competitive so if we're gonna like spend time and really get to know people then i want to do something fun and exciting like that yeah it's interesting that you bring that up because to me like i think the whole point of the icebreaker the you know the why we see them in all the workshops and just to you know I, I for the people who are listening um i framed by asking um are or or are icebreakers just evil because i think that i kind of feel that way in general most face-to-face um you know synchronous meetings i go to i find just as lee said and ryan said and everybody else has said it's it's like a waste of our time like it's not worth our time to do this thing but what i have found is when i work on like uh like an online class or something that's got a digital like you know we're working in a digital space that has some synchronous and some asynchronous work having some introduction stuff and community building is valuable and i don't mind them but when you're like performing your introduction like you have to do when you're face to face that always feels as lee said contrived to me um and so i definitely feel like we need to we need to try to do something where we ha- we can build community but it doesn't feel like people are, people are performing they want to be authentic when they're doing that so agreed yeah. find it interesting as a group who does a lot of yeah, who does a lot of presentations of professional development all don't like them. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that leads us into our our theme, which I was hinting at, which is uh, professional development. That's going to be the theme of this episode. And so, um, I, I'm going to start before we get into the the craziness of the last 12 months and you know what's coming up this summer. But I want to start by talking about how this group of professionals deals with professional development. So let's start with you, Lee. Okay. Um, how, how do you normally find your PD opportunities? I'm always trying to find new things to learn about because my district doesn't have anything that's appropriate for, you know, advanced academics teachers. I mean, you know, there's some, a certain amount of district PD required and I'm really pretty discriminating in what, what of that I choose to, to do. But, um, As far as, you know, seeking out my own learning opportunities, I'm always looking, you know, I look around Twitter, you know, at different science organizations that host professional development for teachers during the summertime and during the school year. I always look in the TABT newsletter, the NABT, you know, news and views that comes out. Um, American Biology Teacher sometimes has some stuff in there. I also look at my state, um, the STAT, the Science Association newsletter that comes out to us every uh, every month. Um, and so I'm just always looking. And then of course there's, you know, all the different companies that sponsor different PDs, BioRad, Carolina, um, Vernier, mini PCR, and I get newsletters from them all the time. And so I'm always looking for those guys to provide free stuff because they do most of the time. It's always free. Um, Mm. but I've also, you know, when I go to conferences and stuff, I see that, you know, there's certain organizations like Hudson Alpha that offer some really great professional development, um, three D molecular modeling. 3D molecular modeling. Um, and then because I'm a, a an HHMI biointeractive ambassador, I have access to some really amazing professional development. Um, so, and I feel very lucky that I get to participate in that. And so, um, you know, I just, I have tons of, of, you know, outlets for learning. My problem is picking ones that aren't all happening at the same time. 
because <laughs> that's the problem now. <laughs> so everything yeah. happens at the same time that I'm either trying to go to another workshop or that I'm leading a workshop myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of themes in here, although, um, you know, there's so much about those conferences and then the filtering. I think that when we, we do this work, so much about finding professional development is the filtering down from the big options down to something narrow that will, will fit our schedule and not conflict with everybody else. So, uh, Tanea, how about you? Absolutely. How about you out in Arizona? Uh, I would say that when I first started teaching, I kind of was thrown into the classroom. And so I immediately started looking um, out for emails for opportunities where I really felt like I had something that was going to help me to be an effective teacher and I was looking for stuff that was free and <laughs> or stuff where I would get paid. So I think going to the conferences, the NABTs, NSTA, the national conferences or the local ones, chatting with other science teachers, being on listservs, um, there is a lot of uh, great opportunities out there. And especially this pandemic year, um, there's been a lot of free stuff that's been online. It's been a bit overwhelming and it has been really hard to, to choose. Even like with the HHMI stuff, like they're offering us stuff that we have access to and I, I, I cannot manage to fulfill all my job duties, be a mom, do everything I'm supposed to do and still make it to these different opportunities. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely feel that. Uh, Ryan, how about you? How, how do you normally go about finding your PD opportunities? Well, um, because I'm the only science teacher, I, I feel like it is a requirement that I se seek out PD um, mm -hmm. or else I'm not going to stay sane. I, I don't have a department I can collaborate with, so I need to stay networking with other teachers in other districts across the country. Um, I tend to focus on things like NSTA and NABT, of course. Um, but especially since I'm in charge of all science, I find myself having to force myself to go out of my comfort zone. So obviously my preference would be to stay with organizations such as uh, NABT because I'm a <laughs> life science teacher by nature. But I also teach chemistry. I also teach physics. And so I have to um, kind of make myself go look for opportunities that I'm not as comfortable with, such as um, chem ed or BCCE or th things that like the, the American Association of Chemistry Teachers has to offer or um, American Modeling Teachers Association or what, what, whatever the case may be. I... It, it, it is necessary because I'm not, I don't get to specialize in just life science. So without PD, I, I would just, I don't even know where I would be. I, I would not be a very good teacher, at least in my current position. Wow. Yeah. I, um, it, it's brings me back, but every time we, every time you talk around it, it brings me back to like my first year teaching when, again, I was mostly a bio teacher, but I'd be teaching these other subjects and, and that that wealth of 
information that's out there and you're like, oh, there's so much stuff I don't know about these other topics. I need to go to a workshop. Uh, otherwise, the kids are going to rapidly like catch up to my knowledge base. Um, I definitely right. remember feeling that early on um, as I go. Yeah, it, it it's also interesting to listen to sort of the the way you guys were talking about it, because, you know, I live in Massachusetts and, you know, I have a local Massachusetts professional development group that's like very, very strong. I mean, I've got, you know, a uh, lab exchange, which comes out of Harvard and Amgen um, biotech experience, which are part of the Harvard life science outreach um, or branches out of there. And, you know, BioBuilders out of Cambridge and mini PCR is out of Cambridge. Um, I was at the mini PCR Christmas party in uh, 2019. Like, um, <laughs> like they're, they're right here in the colleges and universities. It's such a, we have such a wealth of colleges and universities that are here. Um, I think that at times it's easy to take for granted how little work I have to do to find opportunities, but very much what Tanea was saying of like, Ooh, how am I going to fit all of these opportunities in? The reality is you can't, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's, it's really, really hard to, it's really hard to filter from the opportunities. I don't really have to do a lot of hunting, but I do have to do a lot of sorting. That's sort of the way I've felt at least over the last couple of years. Um, once I got tied in sort of what Tanea was saying about those list serves, Although I don't know if somebody is 25, if they know what a listserv is. Um. <laughs> did right. I, did I date myself or something? I, 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 <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so can I ask y'all all a question? Yeah. yeah. You know, because this is something that Aaron kind of talked about. You know, when you talk about the filtering, right? Like, how do you decide? You know, how do you how do you make the choice about what you're going to learn? Right. Because there's so many opportunities out there. Like, how do you decide what it what is important for you to learn? Like at that time, I, I right? think like, I can tell you how I go through that process, but I'm curious to know what y'all do. I, I think it really depends on your personality, because I don't like being rushed. I want to sit down and I will carve out time out of my schedule like, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever. And I want to sit down. I want to really be able to process the information. And I want to come away with stuff that I I feel like I've had an experience with it. I've engaged with it in such a way that I could start to implement it in my class. And I, I I'm have some level of comfort, right? So I don't think that happens with like a day workshop. And when you go to these conferences, sometimes you're just bombarded with so much information. You have a bag full of stuff, but how much of that stuff do you actually implement? Whereas if I go right. to like a three-week workshop, yeah, if you go to a longer workshop, for me, I get more out of that. Or if I go to like take graduate courses where I'm engaged in that stuff, like for a year or two or whatever, or a semester, like I'm going to get so much more out of that. That's me personally, though. Okay. The, the way that I go about filtering is basically, okay, I, I look for content primarily first. Like if there's something content wise that I feel is, is a weakness in my own background, then, you know, I'll look for stuff about that. Like, for example, I was supposed to be going to um, the genome editing workshop this summer um, through 3D molecular modeling. But unfortunately, the the time that they're running it is the same time as one of my APSIs. And so I couldn't do it this year. So I've been pushed off to next year's cohort, mm. which I hope will actually be in person, you know, because this one is virtual. And so that and that's the other component of it 
of professional learning right now is that nothing is in, you know, very little, I guess I shouldn't say nothing, very little is in person. And I am much better as an in-person learner than I am trying to learn something online. Um, and so I look for, you know, content pieces that are, that are things that I know that I need help with or that I need more instruction about because inevitably I have kids that ask questions about that stuff. And, you know, I want to be able to, you know, provide them with, you know, answers or ways to explore that content, you know, and, and kind of guide them. And if I don't have the background to do it, then, you know, I, I don't feel like I've done a good job. And so I just kind of look for stuff like that. I also look for, you know, the pedagogical pieces where I know that I have weaknesses. It's like, okay, well, clearly I need to go to a workshop about, you know, inquiry learning, which I don't, but, you know, just as an example, that was me 10 years ago. Hmm. You know, it's like, hey, I need to go to a workshop about inquiry learning so that I can learn how to do the things that the new AP curriculum is is asking me to do. Um, and then, of course, I went and I figured out, oh, it's just like IB. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, I was just curious to know, like, what process you all went through to kind of figure out, like, what what it was you wanted to learn. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that for me, it's it's very much, I, I sort of go, it's a little bit of a, what would be nice to learn? You know, what are some of the goals? What are things that I'm working on? Um, I know that, you know, there's been things that, similar to what you're saying, um, like skill-wise, like do I see, uh, you know, stats a few years ago when, when we were doing, you know, the, the statistics seem to be being bumped up in AP. And do I have a deep enough, right. do I have a deep enough well of knowledge about statistics to effectively teach that? That was the question I asked. Uh, and so I was like, well, make sure that I do some stats. So for that next few years, um, I was really looking for opportunities along those. But um, I'm also very, um, I, I don't, I actually don't know that I do a lot of content deep dives into things that I feel that I am necessarily weak in because I feel like I have a pretty solid content base across the board in biology, but I actually look for content things that I'm kind of excited about, but are deeper than my knowledge. So like I've gone to a lot of microbiology stuff, which I probably know more than, you know, your average high school teacher about, but I don't feel like I know it the same. I want to be current in the field. And so I want to know what the professors are doing and what the grad students are doing and, you know, what's happening at the bench, because I feel like that is something that I'm passionate about science-wise, and it allows me to sort of stay current as a, a scientist, which it, currency in science is really important to me um, in, in just my own, like, identity um, and being good at the classroom. So, uh, but that may be a little sort of my own, my own deal. So, I don't know about Ryan, what kind of filtering do you do? You know, again, I don't know that I have the luxury of filtering. I think I have to go to everything. Um, I just because of my teaching load. Um, the 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 thing for me personally is filtering the return on investment because I I do have a nine year old at home and I don't want to spend a whole bunch of t extra time away from her that I don't have to. So it's trying 99? to determine. I'm sorry. She's already nine. How yeah, did that she's happen? already nine. How did that happen? Exactly. She's almost 16. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. I'm just like, that blows me away. I remember no, when that's... she was little. 
That's okay. <laughs> That's right. I, I remember when she was little too. <laughs> no, so it it's for me. You know, I I try to attend a, a variety uh, as as much as much of a variety as I can. Um, but it it's just is it is it going to that's the question i have to ask myself is it going to be worth spending time away from my wife and my daughter um i i've got to go to things that are um that i can get the most bang for my buck and so you know if 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 i'm going to be gone for several weeks it it better be something that i'm hearing rave reviews about that i i just can't i can't miss i hmm. i can't afford to um you know be be gone for a while and like kind of like what you were saying earlier get stuck in an online thing where i'm not getting anything out of it i i would much also much rather be in person so i i i mean that's that's just kind of what i look for Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, I think this sets up nicely the, the question I, I, the next question I, I want to talk about, because I think we've all sort of alluded to the, the cost benefit analysis of that we go in our own heads when it comes to our summertime, right? Because, you know, we, we get ready and we think about what kind of things we want to look at and we're teaching and you have to like, you can't get to the summer and say, gee, I wonder what kind of professional development I want to have. You have to sort of commit to these summer things usually by like February. Um, I think Lee for the, the, the Milwaukee, um, thing you had to commit by like December, um, <laughs> but for that. So you have to like plan these yeah. things months in advance, oh, yeah. um, because you have to plan these things way in advance. So I guess the question is, what is your typical summer like? Like, how do you, do you do we balance it how do you do it so Taneo, like what is your typical summer like okay you gotta put in the rihanna clip right here work 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 um i i think i've over like okay so initially professional development for me was to prevent me from drowning i literally was told, I'm, I'm sure I've said this a million times, that you are the worst teacher basically ever and you should quit before you get started. Like that was the the mentor that I had said that to me. And I didn't feel like I was just thrown into the classroom with no support. So I really was just like trying to make sure that I was going to be a good teacher. Um, and so my summer right now, um, typical summer, I would teach summer school. Uh, I would lead a teacher workshop for AMTA, um, and those workshops are long, like maybe like a two, three-week workshop, and summer school is about four and a half weeks long as well. I might help plan and organize um, an AMTA like conference, their yearly um, conference. Uh, I might host some webinars with STEM Teachers Phoenix or AMTA. Um, and then obviously I have to prep for the fall. So in the last few years, I would stick in like, if I could, like a week of the um, AP workshops, I'd find like a nice spot, like Orange, you know, Orange County or like San Diego. So I could see my sister or my uncles or something like that. Um, but it's just all basically been to survive. And it's, I had my baby my first year teaching and they didn't have a sub for me or they had a sub, but the sub quit. 
It's like I went right back to work and it's just been a lot of, um, so professional development for me is just really, really important. And then when I was in international schools, I was like one of the only or the few black people at the school. Like imagine being like at a school and you're like one of, well, it's not much different from how it is now, but anyways, uh, <laughs> just, you know, you're, you're at a place where, you know, there is a lot of, um, a lot of international schools, they don't hire a lot of black people or they have very few black people at the schools. And so I always feel like, well, I have to be like, stay on top of things and be competitive. And so professional development uh, is that for me, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, whether I'm leading a workshop or I'm learning, I need to be growing and getting better at what I do. And I need to stay excited about what I'm doing too. It's also a way to like really come back at the beginning of the year and just really feel like you can share all that passion and joy and excitement with the students because you got to do something amazing. Maybe it was like a once in a lifetime thing. Like, you know, if someone says that they're going to fly you to Istanbul to go on Robert Ballard's ship, you say, <laughs> yes, I'm going to go. I'm going to go learn what those scientists do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we, I know any of us brought that refresh, like that, the, the revitalization and refreshing up in our first bit about professional development, but I a hundred percent agree with you. Like for me, a lot of it is I get to go hang out with teachers, even teachers who teach near me around here. Um, the, the local bio teacher community is pretty strong. Uh, but I don't always get to, I don't always get to see those folks, but during the summer I often do. And that there's huge value in seeing them because it, it recharges you and gets you excited about going back in the classroom and doing things next year. Um, so, so yeah, but, um, as, as per usual, you right on brand today, you, um, have bad work-life balance. Um, so we just move right on from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All working right. on that. I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. Well, how, Ryan, you alluded to it and alluded to, um, you know, the, the family balance and, and that kind of thing. We also know that you do a lot of other things. So what is a typical summer for you, um, in preparation of preparing to teach like nine different, completely different science classes that you have to do uh how do you what is your typical summer like uh my typical summers are crazy as well um in addition to teaching i'm also pretty heavily involved with volleyball so i'm the vice commissioner for our volleyball region and i'm also a national volleyball referee so if i'm not at some sort of um science professional development i'm probably doing refereeing at a volleyball national tournament or i'm involved with training the training of officials or i'm getting training myself so that i can stay on top of the current rules um it's 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 pretty difficult when i have these two separate parts of my life that come together in the summer and i'm expected to do it all during the summer so kind of like what taneo was saying i I also have bad work work life balance. I I feel like I need to spend more time with my family and as I've started as I've done this more and more I found that um I I'm spending more and more time with my family just because you know like kind of like Lee was saying my daughter's already 9 where did time go before I know it she's going to be out of the house. So um I don't want to miss any of that time with her. Um, I, 
I, I feel like, again, I have to force myself to find PD that I'm not necessarily as interested in. For example, going to a physics workshop or a chemistry workshop, just because I, that is definitely where my area, my where my um, area of is, well, where I'm not an expert. So I need to, that, that is where I have the biggest deficiencies in my teaching. And so, um, you know, I, I, I try to spend at least a week home, you know, per month, but as we all know, it can, it can be pretty difficult. Yeah. So, so, so far we've got, uh, we haven't gotten to Lee and we have two people who don't spend any time at home. Um, so this is just not going to get any better because I know what Lee's summers are like, <laughs> because I actually see, because yeah, Lee, you know. Lee and I run into each other during the summer. <laughs> we see each other during the summer. Yeah, yes. For a couple summers. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the only person I've not run into in the summer is Tanea, but that'll happen eventually. Yeah. I know at some point in yes, our professional it, lives, it we will, will actually cross paths but um you know and I've actually gotten better about not working every week during the summers uh, when I first started uh you know teaching I was working throughout the entire summer um and then you know I met my husband and we got married and his attitude about summer is that summer vacation is the time where he vacates the building and he shuns everything to do with it and so so he does no schoolwork during the summer and so I, I will say that that attitude has rubbed off on me a little bit and, and that is for the better. Um, you know, and, and so in the almost 16 years and he and I have been married, you know, I have worked less each summer and, you know, but to look at my schedule, you'd never know that um, because my schedule typically books up by October, November of the preceding year. So if people want me to present professional development for them, they have to get on my calendar very early because I'm usually booked by December. And so, um, you know, and I also try to, to make time for my own learning. Like there's some years where I'll say, okay, I'm only going to present two AP summer institutes and then I'm going to learn for two or three weeks. And then I'm going to take the rest of the summer off, you know, just so I can have some time to relax and do absolutely nothing. And maybe we'll go somewhere or something. Of course, last summer, that wasn't the case. Um, this summer is probably not going to be too much different. Um, but I am just going to take some time off just to do nothing, you know, because you've got to have that time. I mean, you've got to have that time to do, you know, things that are not work related, things that are, you know, just fun for you. Like I want to read some books for fun and, and you know, practice hand lettering, which is something I'm trying to teach myself how to do and, and, and all of this. And so, you know, I typically, you know, participate in the AP reading every summer um, which in normal years is almost a two week block of time. Hmm. Um, you know, this year, just like last year, it's not going to be quite that long. Um, you know, I'll seek out opportunities for learning or I'll just make my own, you know, like one summer, I guess this has been about three or four years ago now, you know, a group of us on Twitter was talking about, well, wouldn't it be cool if we could do a, a book study of understanding by design? And I had already read the book once, right? I mean, I had read it many, many years ago. And, you know, we were just kind of thinking out loud, well, what if we did a book study with, you know, and, and all of us got together and talked about this book, blah, blah, blah. Well, Grant Wiggins was like, I'll come to your meetings. 
And I was like, no way, the author of the book is going to participate in our book study. And so we did that for a few weeks in the summertime. And that was actually really cool. So sometimes you have to make your own opportunities for professional development. Um, you know, and then right now, I know Aaron and Tanea, y'all are doing the the recipes for science teaching book study, yes? Mm -hmm. With um, Paul and that whole crew. So, I mean, you just have to sometimes create your own opportunities. If there's nothing out there that is interesting or relevant, sometimes you just have to, you know, find your own or make your own. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, well, and what you said to me, and actually little pieces sort of throughout the whole, all of your answers sort of resonated with me because I found, I sort of like slowly every summer built up a little bit more. So I would say, you know, my boys, you know, we're talking about kids, you know, my boys, uh, one of whom is deciding on what college he's going to go to and will not be in the house next year. And the other is starting high school uh, next year. Uh, so like my boys, when they were little, um, they're just far enough apart that I spent several summers when they were little where like I was just dad for the summer. So between the time when, you know, you know, starting 18 years ago when uh, when my oldest was was a newborn through really until my youngest was old enough to reliably go to camp. So there was about a 10 year period where I summer was just like you know, camp dad, like I didn't go to workshops or if I did, I would sometimes go to a two day one here, two day one there. And then starting by the time, you know, uh, my youngest got to be about six or seven and they, I could book them for like week long camps during the summer. Um, starting about then I started to book like week long workshops for myself, um, and, and do that. And then I'd say probably about five or six years ago, I realized I was overdoing it. I would be booking myself for the whole summer and I couldn't implement any of the stuff because I was, I was overwhelming myself with ideas. Um, and so I've learned that I can reliably teach two workshops during the summer and I can really reliably learn from two workshops in the summer. And any more than that, it's like it's a waste of time because you can only implement so many new things in a given year into your practice. Um, and if you try to overload, mm -hmm. you, I like, I just, I, for me, maybe there are people who can go to seven workshops and learn something and implement all those things. But for me, I can only do two, like <laughs> two is my max. Um, and then the other thing I learned is I like to travel. Um, so what I'll do is, you know, I'll go to, I went to Yukon for a week and, and I did the tiny earth workshop or went to Milwaukee. Uh, that's when Lee and I ran into each other and did um, the the molecular mm -hmm. uh, modeling out there. Or I did a week in Florida um, down uh, with Chi and it was a summer Chi and Val and um, that whole group were uh, running and Robin and um, <laughs> Caitlin, they were, they were all running a workshop down at Chi's school. So I went down and did a week long workshop uh, with them. So traveling someplace and learning is like a little nerd vacation for me. And I get a lot out mm -hmm. of that experience of immersively going, but I can do only do that like one or two weeks out of the summer. Um, and otherwise I want to be home sort of, as I think we've all sort of said. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've learned over the years that, you know, sometimes that time at home is just the most important, you know, time because it is the time to, to relax, but it's also time to kind of reflect about what you did spend your time learning, mm -hmm. you know, because like you said, if you're going to six or seven workshops, like back to back to back, and the summer is only eight weeks long, how are you, how are you, you know, taking that information that you've just learned and figuring out how you're going to implement those things, mm -hmm. you know, and how are you choosing 
which of those things you're going to implement, you know, because like you, Aaron, I mean, I can only pick one or two things to, to, to implement and, and do well, Yeah. you know, because that, and that's the issue is you want to make sure that you're doing it well, because I think that if you try too many new things at once, that's just setting yourself up and your students up for failure. You know, well, and and also like, and I think, you know, today I mentioned it in her answer was that like planning out next year. um, I mean, I think we all are pretty high level. (laughs) uh, We have pretty high self expectations for what we are as a teacher. Uh, For me, Mm -hmm. what I have found is the, the summers where I don't do a lot of pre planning um, and not even necessarily planning everything down to the T, but like framing out the work that I want to do or framing out units or framing out projects or stuff like that. If I don't do that, I get to points where I can't actually implement things um, because there's only so many hours in the day. And even though I don't sleep enough and I <laughs> work too many hours every week, I just can't do everything I want. And so if something really, if I really want to pull something off, like a new project or a new idea, I have to lay some time out during the school year to do it. Um, but I also have to start working on that ahead of time. Um, so, so that's, that's pretty key for me. All right. Well, um, we'll see how this works. Cause I think we've, uh, lost our answer to our next question. Um, as we transition, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if Ryan comes back. Um, his audio has been so good. That's the, it's a shame. Um, it is good. Yeah, it's been so much better. So it's all right. All right. Well, I'm going to transition to our next question. Um, and if Ryan's back with us, we'll do that. Otherwise, we'll just roll through. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So we we all I think acknowledge that summer 2020 uh, was not your your uh, typical summer. And I know that for me, I was thinking back to this week, like last summer. I, at this point, I had already booked that I was going to do the AP read, and then. I was going to um, go down to Baltimore and teach a workshop down there. And then I had planned to do a week at UMass uh, for a workshop that I'd wanted to do for the last few years. And I, I couldn't get it on my calendar. But this summer I had specifically booked out that, oh, I was going to definitely do this molecular workshop out at UMass. And that so I was pretty much booked through most of July of what my PD was going to look like. June and July were all set. And then I was going to just for the rest of the year work on other stuff. Um, I, I think I was supposed to work on a grant with somebody and like go spend some time at a WPI lab and like things like that. It was already sort of planned out um, and none of that happened. So <laughs> I, mean, I did the AP read, but it was not your normal read. So the question is like, how are you approaching this upcoming year? And, um, and Lee, you've already sort of alluded to it. So what do you have planned? Okay. So as far as, you know, my, my, APSIs go, they're both online Mm -hmm. this year, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would have gotten to go to Sacramento Mm. and someplace in Kentucky. Uh, I don't (laughs) remember exactly where. In fact, I was like, where am I? Where would I even fly to to get to this place? But I'm like, okay, well, it's a part of Kentucky I haven't been to. So I always look at traveling to new places as adventures. Mm And because I can't really say anything bad about a place until I've been there to make that determination. (laughs) So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to lead those workshops again in person because I get so much out of the interaction with other teachers, you know, because I learn just as much from the other teachers in my workshop as they learn from me. And so for me, even teaching an APSI is professional development for me, Mm. just because I get to hear, you know, different perspectives on how to teach the course and you know, different tips and tricks and all of that. I mean, you've, you know, when you've taught a class for so long, 
you know, you t- sometimes will get mired in the way you do things. And, and so it's nice to hear the way other people do things. Um, as far as my own learning goes, I'm not entirely sure what's going to be available to me this summer, because like I said before, in the, my workshop that I was going to go to for the week was, you know, is scheduled at the same time as my APSI. So I am just independently studying um, a couple of books. One of them is called Ungrading. Um, you know, cause my team and I are, are talking about moving that direction, kind of like what Paul Strode does mm-hmm. with his classroom, but also what Johanna Brown up in Pullman, yep. uh, Washington does with her classroom. Um, and then a book called grading for equity, um, because we are having c- c- campus conversations about grading practices and all of this. And while this isn't a book that they're studying, I was like, you know what, I'm going to look at this so that I can bring the information in this book to their attention, because maybe these are some things that they have not considered. And so, you know, I figure this is one of the, this is going to be one of those summers where it's like, Oh, make your own PD, (laughs) you know, because there's going to be anything really available for me, you know, and again, I don't know what my district is offering, but I'm pretty sure whatever they offer is not going to be something that is relevant for me as an advanced academics teacher. So all right. Well, well, Ryan, how about you? We're we're looking at how our 2020 atypical summer is being replaced by what's probably going to be an atypical 2021 summer. Um, but maybe that's not true for you uh, because Missouri, Missouri is not being impacted <laughs> based off of your experience. Uh, what's your summer upcoming summer looking like? Well, um, I'm I'm not sure how everyone else is, but I, I really do not get anything out of online anything. I, I've tried taking online classes. I'm very, I, I maybe it makes me sound like a crotchety old man, but the, these newfangled <laughs> online <laughs> classes and online where I just, I can't get anything out of them. Um, and so, you know, I was supposed to attend an AP Chemistry APSI and some chemistry conferences, but they all went online, so I did not attend them. I'm hoping I can find something in person this summer that I can attend safely. Um, but I, I mean, th- that that is really my goal is to find something that I can actually go to and interact with people with not that is not online <laughs> i i just do not get anything out of online pd or online anything well ryan as you're talking i so for uh in one of my past lives i spent a decade as an online facilitator um for the new teacher center and i taught people how to interact online and i taught people how to run workshops online and this past year, everyone went online as if there was no difference between face-to-face and online. And you got to see a lot of bad online implementation. So um, I don't think it views you as crotchety. I think it you are a, a man of high standards and you know what good mm. professional development looks like. And it just didn't look that way. So, all right. Uh, Rihanna, I mean, uh, Tanea, uh, work, 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 work. Um, uh, what, what, is, what is your summer looking like? <laughs> this is an unusual summer a little bit well i'm teaching summer school and it's going to be in Mm -hmm. person and i told them they're welcome to put maybe i shouldn't have told them that but i told them they could put 30 kids in my classroom but i have a really big classroom (laughs) Um, i have 30 kids in my class right like i have classes right now with 31 kids and i'm still teaching in person every day so it doesn't really 
make a difference. Like it's not going to change what I've been doing every day. I much I taught online last year, and so I'm really excited to be teaching in person. So I'm teaching summer school on, on I'm in person for June, and then uh, July well June and July, but I think more so July. There's going to be some HHMI ambassador stuff that I'll have to um, do something hopefully fun and exciting, something I'll learn that will challenge me and cause me to grow. Um, and then I have to, uh, figure out what I'm going to pack up in my house or whether I'm going to find my dog, uh, uh, I'm getting my dog trained. She's going to a facility for five weeks. And if I can find a home for her, like a really good home for her, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get her trained. Like I'm paying thousands of dollars to get her trained and get her all her shots. So if I can find her a good home, I will uh, find her a good home. And then if not, she'll hopefully be trained and she can come with me to China. Um, and I got to pack up my house and I got to decide if I'm going to do Airbnb or whatever. And this is the first year where I'm not able to um, plan ahead because the school hasn't, the middle school and high school haven't been open yet. Like this is the first year that they're opening. And so I don't, I don't know a lot yet. It's kind of weird, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited (laughs) still. And I, I like everything so far is going really well. And the conversations that I'm having uh, with um, my new principal and everything have gone well. And uh, I'm excited for my kids. I just have to be really positive and, just be accepting that I don't know what's going to happen in the fall and just kind of go with it. <laughs> so, and then I find a new place to live in August. Yeah. I mean, but a, a lot of logistics into just figuring out how to move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just got to find, I imagine the logistics of just moving is it's huge. Yeah. It's the cleaning my house. that's more huge problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would have to take a month off of doing everything just to clean. <laughs> All right. Well, for me, you know, like it's it's I actually am happy to hear you guys saying that you're not uh, like everything is not settled and there's still stuff up in the air and you're so because I, I feel that I feel so behind this year as it usually by now I've like my summer's lined up, but I, I really haven't planned that much because a lot of the normal opportunities both to teach and to learn just aren't there. Um, they just haven't been posting. And I think a lot of them are waiting for things to, to pop up. So um, yeah, I'm, I personally am waiting um, and I'm hopeful that we'll have an opportunity to, to, to go and do some in-person stuff. Or I think Lee's plan of build your own PD is probably the best it was probably the best thing to do. Um, so I feel like I'm going to do a lot of that. And um, in some ways, I think it's going to be like the the last thing. I'm going to sort of pick up as much stuff as I, I could that I lost last summer and try to do that. But also, I feel like I need to have some planned downtime um, because, I don't. one, I don't do that well. Mm-hmm. And two, this year has been so much more of a grind than your typical year. Um, that I know that I, I, I need to take some break and take some time and just get away from the, the work that we've been doing so that I can get my headspace in a reflective space 
that I can reflect back on the year about like what went well and what do I really want to keep and what do I need to build going forward? And similar to what Lee said, I, I also don't really know what next year looks like. Um, like we don't know, we have a new principal who's going to be coming in. Um, our schedule is different and we, we had a new schedule last year and a totally different schedule this year. And who knows what our schedule is going to be like next year. It's, I feel like we're in a, I'm not as, as up in the air as Tanea moving to a whole new country, but at the same time, there's a lot that's unknown about what's going to happen next year that I still don't know. So, um, yeah, my professional time is going to be <laughs> taking time away from doing anything, uh, which I never do. And, uh, I think I need to block out a couple of weeks where I make sure I do that because I don't always. <laughs> All right. Well, I would love to hear what other people are planning. If you've got a great workshop that's going on and uh, we haven't heard about it, um, Hey, let me know because, um, I, right now I'm not, I'm not fully booked. Um, and I would prefer not to zoom my whole summer PD. So if you've got thoughts, uh, let us know yeah. <laughs> DM or, or tweet at life of the school and tell us what's, what cool things are out there that we can do professionally. Um, Hey, I'll be vaccinated. Um, I don't know that I want to fly anywhere yet, but, um, I'll be vaccinated. I'll be happy to drive. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and that's the other thing too. It's like, yeah, I'm vaccinated, but do I really want to get on a plane? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be on like a 12 to 15 hour plane ride. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. All right. Well, uh, please subscribe to Life of the School on your podcast player of choice. Uh, also, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash lots. You can get show notes there and early releases of our episodes. Music on this and every episode is provided by Jake Jenkins and X Magicians. Uh, show notes are provided both on the Patreon page and at lifeoftheschool.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at Life of the School. And uh, I always tag all of us on Twitter when I post them out. So you can follow each and every one of us on Twitter, uh, even though Ryan has been taking the month off of Lent. By the time this comes out, he will be back on social media. Um, you won't That's be able right. to tell the difference, but he will be back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us. And we'll see everybody soon.